You are Locked On Raiders, your daily Oakland Raiders podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Just win. The autumn wind is a pirate, blustering in from sea. With a rollicking song, he sweeps along, swaggering boisterously. His face is weather beaten. He wears a hooded sash with a silver hat about his head and a bristling black mustache. He growls as he storms the country, a villain big and bold. Trees all shake and quiver and quake as he robs them of their gold. The autumn wind is a raider, pillaging just for fun. He'll knock you round and upside down and laugh when he's conquered and won. And won. What's up, Raider Nation? Welcome into another episode of the Locked On Raiders podcast on this Thursday. September the 5th, 2019, ready for an action-packed show, and believe me, today's show is going to be action-packed. I'm very, very pumped up about it. Not only are we a day closer to the Raiders opening up the season Monday night against the Denver Broncos at the Oakland Coliseum, we're just one day closer, but everything, man, it just, I can feel the electricity. I'm in Central Texas, and I can feel the electricity of the game being so, so close Football kicks off tonight. We already know that. It's going to be the Bears and the Packers. Thursday night football is going to get things started. So that's going to be a little bit of a taste test for us. But the real deal action happens on Monday night at the Oakland Coliseum. I'm so pumped up about it. Man, oh man, please believe that. Before I tell you the rundown of what's going to happen on today's show, let me go ahead and let you know that the opening week of the NFL is brought to you by Mack Weldon. Mack Weldon, a premium men's essentials brand that believes in smart design and premium fabrics. Mack Weldon, it's better than what you're wearing right now, I promise you. Promo code locked on gets you 20% at MacWeldon.com. Again, promo code locked on will get you 20% off at MacWeldon.com. All right, let me tell you, man, because I'm pumped up about what's going to happen on the show today. Segment number three. Got the call straight off the Locked On Raider podcast voicemail line. Got quite a few of them. 707-654-4693. That is the number. Segment number two. I got a special guest. Special Raider guest on today's show. Very pumped up about this. Very excited about it. Fourth round rookie out of Eastern Michigan. That's right. Mad Max Crosby will join me on the show today. Segment number two. I'm telling you, Raider Nation, I just kind of went out on a limb, hit him up on Twitter, sent him a direct message, and man, out of nowhere, he hit me back and said, yeah, I could talk. Let's do it tonight. And I thought, all right, cool. So I asked him, uh, you know, what number to hit him at. He hit me back with the number and bada boom, bada bing, you know, 30 minutes later. We were already talking about Raider football, so I got a good 15-minute conversation, 15-minute interview with Mad Max Crosby, the fourth-round draft pick out of Eastern Michigan for the Oakland Raiders. Not to mention that. Not to mention, I forgot to tell you, he's also from Colleyville, Texas. He went to Colleyville Heritage in Texas, so he's he knows about the Friday Night Lights, high school football, Texas high school football, so we touch on that a little bit as well, but very pumped up about that. That's something that it was very hard for me not to put out on Twitter that I'm about to interview Mad Max Crosby. I just wanted to hold on to it. Uh, I did tell a few people, I'm not going to lie. I did share the message uh, with some folks on, on the group me message. I couldn't help it, but uh, I didn't put it out there for everybody to know. So yeah, Mad Max Crosby coming up in segment t- number two of today's show. 
Here in segment number one, you know I like to go through the news and notes of the day. Really not a whole lot. I'll talk about Antonio Brown. I didn't get a chance to talk about Hard Knocks because I was doing the uh, crossover interview with Cody Rourke from uh, Locked On Dent Broncos. I did that on Wednesday, so I didn't have an opportunity to talk about the final episode of Hard Knocks. So I'll do the. I'll talk about AB and I'll talk about Hard Knocks here in segment number one to close things out, and then boom, get right into the interview with Mad Max Crosby. Got to talk to him Wednesday night. Very very excited about that. Interview. So let's talk about Antonio Brown. Let's talk about the letter that he posted on Instagram, and then apparently he later deleted it. I don't have Instagram, so I don't know, but I've been told that he later deleted it. Anyway, uh, Mike Mayock sent him a letter that was about $54,000 worth of fines because of training camp that he missed. First of all, that's what the Raiders are supposed to do. I mean, A.B. missed it. He knew he missed it. He can't just go in there and run shop and do whatever he wants, regardless if he's Antonio Brown or not. So Mike Mayock, again, similar to what I said when he came out and made that statement about being all in or all out, Mike Mayock is playing the best bad cop ever. It's funny. I even tweeted a good cop, bad cop, or perfect good cop, bad cop situation, uh, a.k.a. Gruden and Mike Mayock and uh, Lee Mayock. His uh, daughter actually liked it, and so I, I hit her back and I said, "Man, uh, you know, Mike's doing a great job playing the the bad cop role." And she said, "He's had thirty years of practice at it." <laughs> you know what I mean? So she already knows, and uh, she knows who her dad is, and she knows how her dad is. Like he's not going to take no mess, regardless who it's from. And again, that allows John Gruden to kind of sit there and, and hug on AB's neck a little bit and, and, and kind of pump him up and say, "Hey." Don't worry about it. We're going to go out there and play. We're going to do great. And uh, I got a lot of things set up for you. You're going to be so successful. Gruden's allowed to stroke his ego while Mike Mayock kind of brings it back down to earth. Again, perfect good cop, bad cop type situation. It's just like parents. Any parent out there knows that sometimes dad has to be the mean one. Mom has to be the good one. Or sometimes it's vice versa. You know, I'll tell you right now, at my house, a lot of times, I'm the mean guy. I'm the bad guy. Just because... It's expected. Oh, well, he's not going to want it, or he's not going to say yes, or he's going to say no. And then if I do say yes, it's like a surprise. You know what I mean? So, But sometimes that's how we have to play it. Hey, uh, so-and-so wants to do this. Is that okay? I don't know. I'm going to have to grill her. I'm going to have to uh, you know, dig deep into this conversation and figure out what's going on. You know what I mean? Like That's how you do it sometimes as a parent. You have to play the good cop, bad cop. I have no problem being the bad cop. And I'm a nice guy. But I don't mind being the bad cop. I don't mind playing that role. Sometimes you have to do that. That's what Mike Mayock is doing. Amy Trask pointed out on Twitter, a lot of times teams send those letters, but they don't even actually look to collect the fines. They just sent them out to simply reserve rights, which is basically saying they're letting it be known that, hey, you can't do this, you can't do this, you can't do this. And in these guys' contracts, the players' contracts, they say certain things. If you get... Uh, so a certain amount of fines or you do a certain amount of things that can be detrimental to the, the team, then all of a sudden you can get suspended, you can get he- uh, pay withheld, you can get cut from the team. There's a lot of things that these letters mean, but it's basically like a paper trail. I mean, it really is basically a paper trail, and that's what Mike Mayock is, uh, is doing. But I don't know, and she said even in the tweet that she said, I don't know what the team's intentions are, but I, I guarantee you, whatever their intentions are, if they do intend on collecting the, the money, that's fine. But either way, I guarantee that at the very least, they're putting down that paper trail because that's what they're supposed to do. Again, not mad at it at all. I don't think it's a big deal. Just because AB didn't like it, so what? Like he said, everyone's going to got to pay. All right, cool. Well, go make everybody pay on the field Monday night. Look, Raider Nation, <laughs> this ain't going to be the last thing. It, once this is gone, and, and, kind of, and everyone's going to run with it, too. The national media is going to all run with it. I don't know how quickly, once it hit Twitter, that he, uh, that he put that letter out that all of a sudden everybody just blew up Twitter. My Twitter was blowing up. Ah, I'm so happy that he's the Raiders' problem and not the, the Steelers' problem no more. I mean, I heard everything. Whatever. 
I don't even care. Look, this is what it is. This is who A.B. is. They knew that, and they had a plan on how to kind of keep him in check without keeping him in check when they acquired him because they know exactly who he is. So whatever. So be it. Just go out there and do what you got to do Monday night against the Broncos. Again, Raider Nation, now that the team has him, might as well use him for everything he's worth. You might as well get the most out of it because there ain't no going back at this point. You're not going to go back and get your third round and your fifth round pick. You're not going to take your money back. You're not going to get rid of A.B. I mean, you have him now. The worst thing to do would be to try to say, oh, well, you know what? This guy's too much of a headache. Let's just move on from him and, and forget it. No, you already, uh, you, know, you already went out of your way to go get him and make him happy. You might as well go and get something for yourself now. Just saying, that, that, that's how it is. So, again, Raider Nation, I wouldn't think too much of it because this will not be the last thing. We will hear something else sooner rather than later. We'll hear something all season long, I'm sure. But, again, as long as he's out there performing, 100 catches, 1,200 yards, 10-plus touchdowns, Ain't nobody going to worry about nothing, including myself. So that's just really what I got to say on Antonio Brown and his fines. I don't think it was something that serious. I probably spent too much time talking about it myself, but it is what it is. I just wanted to go ahead and share my thoughts on that. Now, Hard Knocks, it wrapped up on Tuesday night. And again, like I said, I didn't get to talk about it because I was doing the crossover edition with Cody Rourke from Locked On Broncos. Um, But I don't know, Raider Nation. I'll tell you like this. When it was over, I looked at the wife and said, Wow, I'm glad this is over. You know, because it just was not all that, in in my opinion. Everyone told me how much I was going to love Hard Knocks and how it was going to be the greatest thing ever, and I'll never not watch it again. I promise you I won't watch Hard Knocks next year. I promise you I will not watch Hard Knocks next year. It was not a big deal to me. As a fan, I enjoyed being able to get a little bit of an insight and and a little uh, background on what was going on behind the scenes with my favorite team, but it wasn't all that, and really I didn't get that much. I didn't get as much meeting room as I, as I wanted. I didn't get as much John Gruden talking to the players as I wanted. I didn't get as much, you know, interaction as far as football activities as I wanted. Yeah, there was a lot. Again, segment, or not segment number two, but show number two was the best one in my opinion. Out of the five, two was the best. Three was, I didn't like it very much. Four was okay. It was a little bit better. But five was just like, it felt like one of those throwaway shows. Like sometimes if I'm not feeling good, and, and, and this is really never what I do, but every once in a while when I'm not feeling that great, on the radio station, I know I do a show Monday through Friday. Every once in a while, I kind of just get through the show. That's how, that's how it felt. Episode 5 to me, it felt like they were just getting through it. It, just, it felt like they might not have been feeling that good, and they were just trying to get through it. Every once in a while, that happens to me. Normally, it's not. A lot of times when that happens to me, it's because my co-host has pissed me off, which happens quite a bit. That's why we came up with a segment called Who's Q Smoking Today, just for that exact reason. That happens. <laughs> but a lot of times, that gets me in a bad mood, but that's a whole other conversation. Besides that... I mean, I'm usually 100% fully locked in, ready to go, locked and loaded, just like here on on the podcast. I'm always fired up to do it because it's a lot of fun, and I'm blessed that I'm even allowed to do this and share my thoughts each and every day. So I I don't try to take it for granted. But every once in a while, you feel like you just got to do kind of a throwaway show. And I felt like that Hard Knocks Episode 5 was kind of a a throwaway show. I mean, they showed guys that we already knew got cut because, well, the cuts happened all over the weekend. So we already knew that Keelan Doss was gone. We already knew Brandon Marshall was gone. We already knew Jason Cabinda was gone. You know what I'm saying? Like, I already knew that the Lions were going to put him on the practice squad. I already knew that Doss was going to the Jaguars. I mean, it, it wasn't any kind of suspense or anything, you know? Um, you know, Jonathan Abram telling, you know, Brandon Marshall bye or telling uh, Keelan Doss bye, whoever he told bye to. It's like, okay, that's great, but whatever. You know what I mean? It, just, it, it was nothing that was that major to me uh, at all. And, you know, Brinson Buckner and other coaches talking about the cuts. It just, again, it was one of those where it just felt like they were trying to get through it. So it didn't, it didn't do a whole lot for me. Uh, I did enjoy seeing inside of Al Davis's office. But even with that being said, I don't know if that's exactly how it's always looks. 
I don't know. They said it. That's exactly how it's been ever since uh, Al passed in 2011. But I don't know that. I didn't see inside his office before that, so I don't really know that. I don't know if they didn't just go and put a bunch of stuff up on the board and put some jerseys hanging in the closet. I mean, who knows? You know what I mean? Like, we don't know. So, you know how reality shows are. It, it, they claim to be reality TV when, in fact, they're farthest thing from reality. So, it, it, it's not a big deal to me. I'm glad it's over. One, I don't have to worry about it. Two, that means that the regular season is right upon us and preseason's over and training camp's over. So, Hard Knocks could pack up and, and go to another team and worry about them. Not Like I said, it, it, it wasn't anything that was major to me. But again... That's just me. So that was my thoughts on AB. That was my thoughts on Hard Knocks. Obviously, there was nothing that I really wanted to write home about and think and say that it was that great. It just, it is what it is. Coming up in segment number two, my conversation with Mad Max Crosby, fourth round draft pick out of Eastern Michigan. Yeah, he joins me next on the Locked On Raiders podcast. Before I get to that, though, I got to tell you about Mack Weldon. I told you about it at the beginning of the show, but I really want to tell you about Mack Weldon. And uh, they were founded because they wanted more out of the basics and the essentials. And when I say basics and essentials, I mean your underclothes, socks, shirts, undershirts, underwear, stuff like that. They have a line of silver underwear and shirts that basically eliminate odor. They want you to be comfortable. So if you don't like your first pair of underwear, you can keep it and they'll still refund you. No questions asked. Not only does Mack Weldon's underwear, socks, and shirts look good, they perform well too. It's good for working out, going to work, going on dates. Everyday life, you're going to the game on Monday, you could be rocking your Mack Weldon's as well. And if you want to get some, you can right now, 20% off your first order. Go to MacWeldon.com, enter the promo code Locked On. Again, that's MacWeldon.com, promo code Locked On, and check it out today. Now let me tell you about my bookie. And I wouldn't be telling you about my bookie. I wouldn't tell you to go bet with them if they were not the best. And I know they're the best because a lot of people have told me, Q, I took your advice, I went to my bookie, and I got paid. Do the smart thing. If you're going to bet this football season, bet with my bookie. Did you know? That you could bet on games after the kickoff? That's right. If by the second half it looks like your bet is going to lose, you can always just pick the other side. If you're the kind of guy that likes to bet a little and then win a lot, try a parlay. If all your picks come through, you'll multiply your winnings. And no matter how you bet, the NFL season is the best time of year. You can join now. MyBookie will double your first deposit. All you got to do is use the promo code... Locked on to activate the offer. That's promo code locked on. Visit mybookie.ag today. Again, mybookie.ag today, and mybookie will double your first deposit if you use the promo code locked on. You play, you win, you get paid. Segment number two of the Locked On Raiders podcast. Yeah, that's coming up next. You are Locked On Raiders, your daily podcast on the Oakland Raiders, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Joining me now on the phone lines to talk all things Raiders football, fourth-round draft pick from Eastern Michigan, also went to Colleyville Heritage, Mad Max Crosby. Thank you so much for your time, my man, and we're just a few days away from the start of the regular season. How was your experience going through your first training camp in Napa, going through the preseason, and even dealing with the roster cuts for the first time ever? Uh, yeah, you know, it was, uh, it was uh, a great experience overall. Um, you know, it sucked getting, uh, you know, getting hurt in the first game, you know, breaking my hand, but... Um, you know, I had to overcome it, and you know, I've been practicing, and I feel I feel a lot better now. So that was that was definitely tough. But you know, making a 53 man roster and uh, you know just getting the opportunity is is a blessing. Do you know how much of a fan favorite you became after everyone saw the fact that you broke your hand, and then all of a sudden wanted to get back into the game, and you were so disappointed that you broke that hand, and you're like, I got to get back out there. And then when you were able to get back out there, <laughs> like the fan base just went crazy for you. Did you even know that? Um, you know, I got I got some uh, a good amount of tweets and you know contacts from people, and 
Yeah, absolutely. They, every everybody loved it. It was one of those things that, oh yeah, John Gruden's gonna love him. Anytime a guy could do that, <laughs> John Gruden will definitely love him. How much different was training camp? Your expectations of it? How how much uh, different was it once you actually got out there and started doing it? Um, you know, at first, you know, I'll be saying I'm doing it. You don't know exactly what to expect, and um, you know, you're going against a bunch of you know professionals now. So at first, you know, I was uh, I was nervous, but um, you know, after the first couple of days, I was, you know, I was. Super excited, and I loved. I love the location. Obviously, being in Napa Valley, um, and just having everything so close, being in the hotel, and having the field right next to your room, and um, having everything just super close, and you know, making it as easy as you know, as easy as possible for all the guys. So, um, you know, I loved it. Um, I had a blast out there, and you know, obviously, I wish I just. You know, it could have stayed out the whole time. No doubt about that. How is it working with defensive line coach Brenston Buckner? He seems like a hell of a dude. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he's he's awesome. You know, he's, he's a great coach. He played in the league for 12 years, and, you know, obviously he's even, you know, he's even better at coaching. So he's a, he's a great dude and a, and a mentor to me. And, um, you know, he's super hard on us, and, you know, it's for a reason. He wants us to all, you know, maximize our potential, and he's, uh, you know, he's helping us every single day. Being a member of the Silver and Black, being a member of the Oakland Raiders, you're playing in the Bay Area this season. Next year, you'll be going to Vegas. But just putting on that Silver and Black, and I know you've only played one preseason game at the Coliseum, but what was that like? What was the environment like? What was it like when you just kind of saw what that fan base was like, even in preseason action? Yeah, well, that, that, was, a, that was a crazy experience for me. You know, going into a preseason game, you're not expecting to have the whole, you know, the whole place filled. And, you know, Raider Nation showed up for sure, so... Um, you know, it was it was unbelievable. It was it was an awesome experience, and I just can't wait, um, you know, to get back out there on Monday. Hard Knocks just got wrapped up Tuesday night. Uh, a fan of the team, I enjoyed it just because it was a look behind the curtain. But a lot of national people, a lot of people on the outside who just are Hard Knocks fans and just watched the show weren't really liking it because there wasn't a lot of drama or dysfunction. <laughs> was was that yeah. was that the feeling that you got? And 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 was there any kind of distractions as far as you were concerned with Hard Knocks being around you guys? Um, not at all. You know, when we when we found out, Coach Gruden was just like, "Yeah, we're gonna do everything the same," and you know, there's gonna be a little bit more camera action around you. So, um, you know, just be yourself, and um, you know, that was that was really it. You know, our team is our team has gelled really well over this off season, and you know, I love all the guys, and you know, they've taken us rookies in, and you know, helped us along the way every step. So, um, you know, it's been it's been awesome so far, and you know, obviously the fans and everybody wants drama and they love it so um you know obviously not seeing that as much is kind of a disappointment for them but um as a team we're stronger than ever talking to raiders fourth round draft pick max crosby out of eastern michigan and there's a lot of youth on the defensive line i mean you're looking at cleve farrell mo hurst arden key obviously you jonathan hankins he's really the only veteran on the d line even pj hall he's a youngster how confident are you guys that you're going to be able to generate a lot more pressure on the quarterback this year than what the raiders were able to do in 2018 uh, you know, having a bunch of young guys is, is super, um, you know, super impactful because we all have energy 24-7 and we're all willing to go out there and, you know, learn and get better. And that's all we want to do is be great players and help our team win. So 
having a coach like Coach Buck and, you know, um, Coach Gunther and Coach Gruden always just bringing energy and helping us out and, you know, breaking down the little techniques and, you know, everything we need to, you know, succeed. Um, we just have to, you know, as young guys, have to trust everything they say. And, you know, that's exactly what we've been doing. And, you know, last year, obviously, it wasn't the best, but um, that's last year, and that's that's nothing but history. So we're a brand-new group, and we're excited to go out there and show people what we can, uh, you know, accomplish. What has the coaching staff told you? The whole the whole time leading up to the draft, it was about Mike Mayock was saying – foundational players we got to get foundational players in the draft we got to be able to build this team not on sand but on concrete have they taken the rookies aside you josh jacobs cleve farrell uh uh tyrone uh, mullen uh, all all the the rookies have you have they taken you guys aside and said look we're building this team around you guys you're our foundation you know somewhat um but you know it's it's kind of we we know we we know what the deal is so um you know as as rookies we just have to come in and earn the respect of the older guys um, and just come out and try to contribute any any you know possible way we can. So uh, we're loving it. You know, can, you know, obviously me and Clee are together on the D line, and um, you know, obviously all the other rookies. We all hang out together, and you know, we all we're all just trying to build like that camaraderie. Um, so once it comes, you know, Sundays and you know, obviously Mondays. Um, coming up, everything is just going to be fluid and we can go out there and just have fun. You know, you mentioned uh, getting a lot of tweets after after breaking your hand and then going back into the game. People hitting you up and, 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 you know, giving you props on that. Something else I'm sure a lot of people gave you props on is is the rookie song. When you went out there and performed your rookie <laughs> song, and I'm telling you, I'll tell you, Max, when I saw it, I said, you know what? Max got some soul to him. Max has been uh, <laughs> Max has been hanging in the hood a little bit. You, you, you got something there going. <laughs> yeah, that's that's funny. I a lot of a lot of my buddies were messing with me and giving me grief about it. But um, you know, honestly, it's just it's just confidence when you go out there. If you go out there and you're scared and um, you think about it too much, you're gonna you're gonna <laughs> end up performing badly. So um, I just went out there and have fun with it. And, you know, enjoyed all of it. No, you did your thing, man. I had to give you a lot of props on that. I was bragging about you on the radio station the next day after I saw that. I said, man, Max Crosby, <laughs> he was holding it down. Who, who's your favorite artist? Do you have a favorite artist that, uh, in particular? Um, I can't. I can't name one, but, you know, I listen to I listen to everybody. Um, I'm a huge rap guy. Okay. Um, uh, you know, honestly, I, it goes back. I started when I was younger. I listened to Tupac, Nas, um, Biggie, Eminem, and all them, but um, obviously, you know, now it's a little bit different and music has changed, but, you know, I'm listening to everybody from Young Thug and Future and um, it goes on and on and on. So, um, yeah, I'm just a huge, huge fan of music and I've always, I've always loved music. I like that. Hey, look, I'm 42 years old. I'm almost 43 and I hey, I grew up on Big Epoch, uh, you know, Nas, Lauryn Hill. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> so I know where I you're I love co- it, yeah. Yeah, man, that's some good stuff right there. I, I'm not mad at you at all about that. That's that's good stuff. Just got a couple more questions for you, Max. Uh, let me take you back to high school real quick. I mentioned it at the beginning of this, Colleyville, Texas. You went to Colleyville Heritage. And uh, look, we're two weeks into high school football season here in the state of Texas. What does Texas high school football, what does that mean to you? Texas high school football, you know, really opened my eyes to how, you know, how dedicated, you know, fans can truly be. Um, you know, having that experience at such a young age and, you know, not really knowing what to expect. You know, for, for me, I was coming from Michigan, so football is a little bit different in Michigan than it is in Texas. So right. when I was, uh, you know, finally I got my first start as a junior, I was like, holy hell, this is, this is, uh, this is crazy. And, you know, the fans and the parents and everybody – you know, they go all the way, um, you know, they go all in with, you know, 
football down there. So I love it. You know, being a Texas guy, the competition is the best. You know, we're the best, uh, best state for high school football without a question. Um, and I, I definitely, you know, I feel like that was a, a great start, you know, to my, my journey to get here. I'll tell you what, it, it opened up my eyes. I'm originally from California, and so when I got here to Texas and I started working with ESPN and started covering high school football, I was like, man, what's the big deal? It's just a football game, and it means everything. <laughs> I mean, it means everything, Max. It's everything. Oh, yeah. No, that's real. It's, it's, it's a different world. Yeah, no, it is. It's pretty awesome. So when, when you were playing football, when you were coming up, you mentioned getting your first start as a junior, but when did you realize that, you know what, football is what I can do. I can take this to the next level. I can make something out of myself with the game of football. Um, I get asked that question a ton, and honestly, um, it was always a dream of mine. You know, I fell in love with football when I was in first grade and was watching my brother, and I wasn't allowed to play until the next year, so I went to every practice and um, you know, I was just I was just super excited to get out there. So I literally I started when I was like six or seven years old playing, you know, full full padded contact football. So um, you know, it just it just natural to me. My dad, you know, played in college. My brother played in college. Um, and I just, I've loved the game. I've, I've been obsessed since I was a little kid. Obsessed is a great word when you're talking about a football player, especially a guy on the defensive side of the ball, right? You want to be obsessed with what you're doing, obsessed with your craft. That's awesome. Let me ask you this. Have you ever had to deal with some a major challenge or, or, or some kind of adversity that you felt like, you know what, I don't know if I can bounce back from this, but you worked your way through it? Um, honestly, honestly, no. You know, obviously everybody goes through things. Um, and you know, life is tough. A lot of things get thrown at you as a, as an athlete. Um, you know, I always struggled in school. So for me, um, you know, going to college was a big thing for me and, um, getting through it and, you know, waking up at 8 a.m. and walking through the snow in Michigan, um, to get to class so I could play football. And, um, you know, all of that was, all of that was challenging, but I never, you know, I never in my mind had any thought about just giving it up and, you know, trying to, trying to do something else you know football I feel like I was born to born to play so um you know I've had that same mentality since I was a little kid and um you know it's, it's taken me this far and I've no, I, I feel like I've just started. In Hard Knocks, we saw a scene or two with, it was you and Rachel, you were at the tattoo shop, you were getting uh, tatted up, and I gotta give you a little side note, your tattoo game is awesome. So, I gotta, yeah, I, I, I gotta give I you, I gotta give you that props, but how much has she meant to you? How much has Ra- Rachel meant to you? We saw her in one, uh, one of the episodes, like I said, when you got hurt, uh, she was like, you know, praying for you, and then happy when she saw you get back out on the field. What What is her support meant to you? Yeah, you know, it's it's too much. You know, she's She's with me, um, you know, every step, um, you know, of the way, just trying to help me out in any way she can. And, um, you know, having that support system, you know, coming home and uh, having a happy household is everything, you know, just, just as big as being at football and trying to perfect your craft. And, you know, if you're not happy out the field, then, you know, that's going to get in the way of um, everything you're trying to accomplish on the field. So, um, you know, she does everything she can to help me. Um, and, you know, it's just, you know, life is – Life is a crazy thing, and you know, being a professional now, um, there's so many, so many different things that come your way, and distractions, and all that. And you know, she's always, she's always been there, and has always been a rock for me. So um, she's, she's, yeah, she's amazing for sure. Final question for you, Max. The opening uh, of the regular season starts on Monday for you guys. You guys are the final game of the the first week of the season. It's Monday Night Football. All eyes will be on you. The Coliseum, uh, division rival. It's going to be rocking. Final season in Oakland. What are your expectations for Monday Night Raiders Broncos Oakland Coliseum? Honestly, I just I just know it's going to be an absolute zoo in the crowd. <laughs> um, I know I know we're going to be ready. 
Um, and I'm just, I'm just ready to get out there. Well, we're ready to uh, get you out there and, and see you. And, and you will. I know you're you're recovering. I know you've kind of changed a little club on your hand and everything. But you're good to go, right? You'll be out there? Oh, yeah. I've been practicing uh, for almost two weeks now. So um, I've been getting ready. I've been in the, in the you know, training room every single day. Um, just just getting, you know, doing everything I can to get ready. So, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm ready to go for sure. That's what I'm talking about. Well, one more thing for you, just a little note. If you uh, happen to have anybody come across you and say they're looking for a radio dude slash guy to cover the Raiders, tell them that you know somebody. Tell them that you got some people in Texas and you got my number. You can shoot me a text and be like, hey, Q, I got you. <laughs> Absolutely. I got you, brother. I appreciate you. Hey, well, you know, you're guaranteed to uh, miss the shots that you don't take, so I got to do that. So uh, that's Max Max Crosby right there. You can find him on Twitter, at Crosby Max. And, again, Mad Max is his name, given to to him quickly by Raider Nation. So uh, thank you so much for your time, my man. I really, really appreciate you. Good luck in the season and good luck in the home opener on Monday night. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me on. So there it was right there. That was my interview with Mad Max Crosby, fourth-round draft pick out of Eastern Michigan, going to be playing Monday night. You heard him right there. He's been practicing. He's good to go. So what if he has a broken hand? He's Mad Max Crosby. He's going to make it happen. So many thanks to him for uh, actually hitting me back and saying, yeah, he was willing to jump on. Hopefully you enjoyed that. Let me know. Let him know. Again, you can hit him up on Twitter at Crosby Max, and that's with two X's. And you can always hit me up on Twitter at your boy Q254. But definitely go show him some love because he took some time when he didn't have to. All right? Coming up in segment number three, your call straight off that Locked On Raider podcast voicemail line, 707-654-4693. Before I get into that, though, I got to tell you about DraftKings, and you know it's time to celebrate. Why? Football's finally back. It's going down tonight. DraftKings, the leader in one-day fantasy football, has huge week one contests, and again, Week one starts tonight. Chicago and Green Bay, single game showdown, $2.5 million in total prizes is up for grabs. You could draft your single game showdown, line up, and feel the sweat like never before. It's real simple. Draft six players from the season opener, stay under the salary cap, and see how your team stacks up against the competition. Plus, new users who sign up today on DraftKings using promo code LOCKEDON will receive a free shot at the $1 million top prize. Nothing Adds to the sweat of watching a game quite like having that shot at a million-dollar payday, right? That's right. Get in on the season opener action. Get on in it right now. Download the DraftKings app and use promo code LOCKEDON for a limited time. Both new and existing users can get a deposit bonus up to $500. And new users, don't miss this, extra special week one bonus. Enter promo code LOCKEDON to get a free shot at $1 million with your first deposit. That's promo code LOCKEDON only at DraftKings. Make it rain, baby! Minimum $5 deposit required. Deposit bonus requires a 25-time playthrough. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. What's up, Raider Nation? It's your boy Q. I want to take a minute here to introduce you to another Raiders podcast that you're going to love. Yeah, that's right. Another Raiders podcast, and I guarantee you're going to love it. It's called Vegas Nation, and you can find it wherever you're listening to this show right now. On each and every episode of Vegas Nation, reporters and staff from the Las Vegas Review Journal will break down the latest in all things silver and black, and on top of that, they have a ton of fun doing it. These people know exactly what they're talking about, not just because they eat, sleep, and breathe Raiders football, but because they're out there talking to the players, coaches, and other members of the organization. They're physically on the ground in Oakland, in Vegas, and anywhere else the Raiders news is going down to bring you the latest and the greatest. I'm here for you with the Dose of Raiders content every single day right here on the Lockdown Raiders podcast, but if you want even more Raiders in your life, and I know you do, go subscribe to the Vegas Nation podcast right now. All you got to do is search Vegas Nation wherever you're listening to this, Hit subscribe, and it'll be there waiting for you when you finish today's episode. Now, enjoy the show. You are Locked On Raiders.
your daily podcast on the Oakland Raiders. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Here we are, Raider Nation, final segment of the show, final segment on this Thursday, September 5th, 2019. Got your call straight off that Locked On Raider podcast voicemail line. Let's jump right into it, 707-654-4693. That's the number. Nico in North Jersey starting us off. He's calling in pretty pumped up after listening to the crossover edition podcast I did with Cody Rourke from Locked On Broncos. It's a short but sweet call from Nico in North Jersey. Yo Q, Raider Nation, this is your boy Nico from North Jersey. I just was listening to your podcast, uh, your crossover podcast um, with the guys from the Broncos, and I immediately had to stop after that, man. I, I got pumped up, man. The season is underway in a couple days, man. We're back. Football is back. Raider football is back, man. You know, T3 Raider Facts had that hashtag, pay Rodney Hudson, and that came to Oakland. They paid Rodney Hudson. I'm starting a new hashtag for us. Hashtag shock the world. And that's what we're going to do this year. We're going to shock the world. I want everyone to jump on the shock the world hashtag. After every call, I'm saying hashtag shock the world, man. We got pay Robbie Hudson and we paid him. I'm saying hashtag shock the world and we're going to shock the world. Hashtag shock the world. That's almost like one of my favorite Tupac songs. I woke up screaming. Shock the world. I mean, he didn't say shock the world, but that's what I'm going to say for the podcast sake. So I don't say anything uh, that would be offensive to anybody. But uh, hashtag shock the world. I like that. Nico in North Jersey with a very cool call right there. Pretty pumped up. I like that. Appreciate that, Nico. T3 Raider Facts, you're up next. You heard Nico mention your name? Yeah, boom, you're up next. Five quick hits of the day. Showing love to a former Raiders wide receiver who's celebrating a birthday today. Here he is, T3 Raider Facts. This is T3 Raider Facts with my five quick hits for the day, paying tribute to former Raider Willie Galt as we wish him a happy birthday today. Number one, Willie played college football at the University of Tennessee, and he was also a member of the U.S. Olympic team that boycotted the 1980 Olympics in Moscow. He was an All-American with the UT Volunteers in 1982. Number two, in 1980, Willie tied a national single-season record by returning three kickoffs for touchdown, two of them in back-to-back games. On the second one of those, legendary broadcaster John Ward for the Volunteer Network exclaimed, Ladies and gentlemen, Willie Gaunt has run all the way to the state capitol. Number three, he was a first-round pick by the Chicago Bears in the 1983 draft and played for the Bears for five seasons before going to the L.A. Raiders. He was a member of the Bears' World Championship team during the 1985 season. Do you remember the Bears' song, Super Bowl Shuffle? Yeah, Willie helped organize that, and he even sang one verse. Number four, when Al Davis landed Willie Galt, he truly had the speed in the vertical game that he so coveted, and it was somewhat reminiscent for fans of number 21, Cliff Branch. Number five, in his 11 NFL seasons, Willie caught 333 passes for 6,635 yards and returned both punts and kickoffs. He scored 45 touchdowns, 44 receiving, and one on a kickoff return. Willie retired in 1993 and has since been pursuing an acting career. But one thing about his career has never been an act, that raw speed. Happy birthday, Willie. On behalf of the Raider Nation, we remember what Al Davis used to always say, speed kills. And we also remember that passion always outlives fashion. Man, Willie Galt had speed, didn't he? And you're right. Hashtag speed kills. That's what Al Davis always said. And there's just one thing you cannot teach. One thing you cannot teach, no matter how hard you try to teach it, that is speed. Speed absolutely kills. And Willie Galt, 
He had that speed. He could go. Thank you so much for that call, T3. Definitely appreciate you. NK Raider from Connecticut. He's up next calling in to talk about AB, the fines that we talked about in segment number one for missing mandatory training camp, and he's pretty fired up. Here he is, NK Raider out of Connecticut. What's going on, Q? What's going on, Raider Nation? It's NK Raider from Connecticut. Uh, I just wanted to call real quick about the AB and his problem with uh, Mike Mayock and the Raiders uh, giving him a fine for – Missing a mandatory, mandatory practice, okay? Mandatory is the key word there. He, he's getting paid millions by this, by this team. He's getting paid millions to be the star wide receiver and be the best wide receiver for them because the Raiders are trying to win now. And he has a problem that Mike Mayock is not going to put up with him missing practices, like he gets something special because he's the, he's one of the best wide receivers of all time. No, you're not. No one is above the team rules. No one. I don't care if you're the you're the best player, which he is on the team. He's the best player, but I don't care if he's the best player or he's some practice squad guy. No one is above the rules, and he's sending a message and to AB's saying that you don't have you are not above that. You are not above the team. You are every one of you. All the other 52 players would get the same thing. No one's special. So it, it's it, it's crazy to me that he has a problem with it because it's, it it was his fault for missing. I don't care if he I don't care if it was his feet and he was off recovering or if it was the, all the thing, all the stuff with the helmet, which which I was I was mad at first, but I knew he was going to show up week one. But you still have to show up. You still have to show up to the practices, and it, it, it's mandatory, and you have to be there. Don't complain when there's fines to come, okay? And I heard that sometimes they just they have to send it out uh, for for some reason because of the because of the CBA agreement or some something, something like that. But and sometimes they don't collect the payments. But the, either way, you should not be saying like, "Oh, the team's out to get me," and and you know. Uh, only, you know, and then calling out the Raiders because you missed a mandatory meeting in practice. That's ridiculous to me. That's just ridiculous. Uh, anyway, uh, hope you guys have a good day. Can't wait for Monday. Uh, should be a good season. Like I said about this situation, I think Mike Mayock is doing exactly what he needs to do. Gruden can play nice with A.B. and get him to perform, and Mike Mayock, he could be the tough dude, the bad cop. It, it helps keep a guy in check. That is really hard to keep in check. So they're doing the best. Again, they had a game plan when they went into this A-B acquisition. When they acquired him, they knew we're going to need a game plan to keep this dude under control. And they're doing the very best they can. And I think they're executing it perfectly to eliminate and stop him from being a distraction to the team. Something I talked about earlier in the week as well. Next call, Eric in the 707 calling in to talk about Monday night's game and kind of breaks things down from a matchup point of view. He also drops a prediction for the game. First prediction of the year. Here he is, Eric in the 707. Hey Q, it's Eric from the 707 calling in today. Uh, I just wanted to start off my call by letting you know uh, I listen to your podcast every day with my daughters in the car on our commute, and every time they hear new booty, they all get to laughing. They're, they're two, four, and seven, man, and they love that for some reason. Got them running around the house saying new booty now. <laughs> uh, second man, um, I'm really excited for this Monday night game. Unfortunately, I won't be able to watch it. I'll be working, so I'm going to have to catch it on the DVR when I get home and stay off the Bleacher Report because I don't want no spoilers or to see the score. I want to watch it in its entirety before I can 
do anything with that. Uh, looking at a matchup for matchup, man, I think this is a game for our taking. I think that uh, Waller can really take advantage of their slow linebackers. And Renfro in the slot, they're going to be obviously game planning for AB and shadowing him with an additional safety and trying to trying to mess up his game. So I think inside in the intermediate is where we're going to make our make our bread and hopefully get Josh Jacobs going early and often and uh, keep that ball out of Flacco's hands. I also think uh, they, the Broncos don't really show me much on offense. So while I am concerned about our linebacker situation and our front seven in general, I do feel like uh, this is going to be a game where we're just we're going to be able to outscore them, and that's what we're going to have to do if we want to pull it in. I'm predicting uh, Raiders 24, Broncos 17 is the final score. You heard it here first, man. Have a good day. All right, I like that. 24-17 Raiders, huh? That's the prediction from Eric in the 707. I can live with that. I think everybody would be able to live with that if the Raiders put up 24 points on the Broncos and they only put up 17. The Raiders walk out of there with a dub. That would be all good. And I think that would be a pretty good victory right there. 24-17, you win by a touchdown, and most likely I think it would probably be a comfortable touchdown. I don't think there would be any sweating it down the stretch. But, yeah, I can see that. 24-17 would be okay with me. I think I'd probably prefer maybe three more points. But, <laughs> but you know, hey, beggars can't be choosers, right? No doubt. 24-17 works for me. Thank you so much for that call, my man. I appreciate that. Raider 1G calling out the 530. He hasn't called in a minute, but he's calling to speak on the offseason and how we as a family got through it and how pumped up he is about Monday night's game. Raider 1G in the 530. What up, Q? Raider Nation. Raider 1G from the 530. Just calling in today to, uh, to say, you know, the season's finally here. And it's been a pleasure, Q. To share this off season with the Locked On Podcast Network, with Raider Nation, and with the one and only UQ, uh, for keeping us updated with news and notes and everything Raider related throughout the off season, keeping us entertained, keeping us through that that slow time of the year where there ain't much football going on at all. Thank you for that, Q, and it's my pleasure to share this opening season with you. Because come Monday night, you know. Our boy's going to be hitting the field, playing the Broncos, and you know your boy is going to be holding it down. Me and my Ken folks going to be doing a lot of good eating and drinking that night. So uh can't wait. Can't wait. Very excited. And so, Red Nation, let's get out. Represent Monday night. Wear your colors. It's going to be one hell of a game. Uh, You know, it's, it's, it's going to be a lot of hard hitting, a lot of sweating, a lot of blood, a lot of tears. You know, I can imagine, you know, being, being an AFC rivalry game, it's going to be crazy. So uh, that's all I got, Q. Love the show. Keep it up. Call back probably post game and see how we're feeling and see how we're doing then. So love y'all, Raider Nation. Raider 1G out. Yeah, we've gotten through the offseason uh, great. You know, we got through it in a great fashion. We did it together and uh, definitely appreciate it. It's been the easiest offseason I've had. I'll tell you that. Uh, really got through it really, really quickly. So thank you for that. Uh, represented the game. And, uh, yeah, man, definitely read the colors on Monday night. All Raider Nation need to stand up and represent Monday night as uh, the Raiders kick off the 2019 season. Next call, Victor and Cali calling in to talk about the upcoming season, the crossover edition of the podcast, Trent Brown, Brandon Marshall, Keelan Doss, and more. Victor in Cali. Hey, Q. Victor from Cali. Uh, just wanted to go over a couple things. Probably my last call before uh, Raiders actually play a game. Uh, first of all, first of all, um, that crossover edition with Corey Rourke was awesome. He's actually one of the, the better ones that you've talked to in your in your crossovers. I'm excited that you're bringing those back and the season's kicking off. 
Um, unfortunately, the next week, your next crossover has got to be with that guy from Kansas City. And um, if I remember right, he really sucked last year. He's probably one of the worst ones you, you've had a crossover with. But we'll cross that bridge when you get to it next week. A um, couple things I want to talk about. Um, a lot of people criticize us for putting Trent Brown on the right as the right tackle. I think it makes total sense with what the Raiders are doing. Um, I've mentioned this before. You're going to see a lot of plays designed for Carr to roll out to the right. When he rolls out to the right, uh, you've got big Trent Brown there blocking everything, including the sun. So um, I think that's the exact place where he needs to be. Um, number two on our linebackers, uh, we only got four linebackers going into the season. We're very light. I don't know why we cut Brandon Marshall. I know he's had a knee injury, but, um, you know, they showed him in, in hard knocks. He's rehabbed that and he was, he was back. And that guy knows the Denver's offense. I mean, that would be a guy I would want on our team starting Monday night. Um, anyway, and, Guy balled out before he was uh, uh, injured, so I don't think he was that bad. Uh, he got a good showing in the Super Bowl, a couple of Super Bowls. Anyway, last thought on Keelan Doss. There's been a lot of Raider Nation um, crying that we didn't sign him or get him on our practice, but Keelan Doss is Keelan Doss. He's just one more uh, wide receiver that drops the ball a lot, and quite frankly, I think uh, Gruden and Mayock did. Derek Carr a big favor by uh, passing on that guy. If he learns to catch balls in, on the practice squad, uh, he can always come back. And we may just bring him back. But until then, we don't need a guy that can drop easy passes like Mari Cooper. Um, that fourth preseason game was horrendous, and he didn't do himself any favors. So, no, that's not a guy we need on our, our active roster anytime. So um, that's all I got to you, Raider Nation. Peace out. Talk to you again after Monday night win. Thanks. Go Raiders. Thank you so much for the love on the Crossover Edition show, my man. I really do appreciate that. And, yeah, man, sometimes those co- crossovers are really, really good, and sometimes they're just not. But that one with Cody Rourke, I always respect what, what he has to say. I always like where he's coming from. He's got a good head on his shoulders. So that interview is always fun. So next week – might be a little differently, but yeah, we'll see how it shakes out. You know, maybe it'll be a little different this year. Now that I'm not a new booty, maybe they'll, uh, you know, maybe they'll like me a little bit more this year. Who knows? But as far as Brandon Marshall goes, I just don't think he had too much left in the tank, man. He looked like he was kind of slow, and if he stuck around for depth, that would be cool, but not really, because like I said, he looked kind of slow. And if you're slow, man, you look at the guys in the AFC West that you got to defend. Just the AFC West alone, that's a lot of speed. And if he's slow, that just means another linebacker getting beat up, you know, and being put in a bad position and trying to overcompensate for something that he can't do. I just don't think Brandon Marshall had too much left in the tank. Uh, I totally understand where you're coming from. Trent Brown, man, I'm fine with where he's at. You know, a lot of people complained and, oh my gosh, you're giving a right tackle, left tackle money. Uh, I, for one, who cares about the money? I'm not worried about that, but you know what? Look at Lyle Collins. Look what the Cowboys just gave him. $35 million guaranteed. The Eagles, they gave Lane Johnson $35.5 guaranteed. And oh, Trent Brown, he's getting $36 million guaranteed. So, 
okay, what's the big deal? You tell me pass rushers don't come off the right side, and that's been a turnstile for the Raiders for years, so I'm fine with Trent Brown being there. And if he's able to kind of help out Derek Carr, and if Derek Carr is rolling out his way like you mentioned, well, that was a good theory, and it could very well happen. And if that's the case, he very well much could help Derek Carr, and that would be great for the season. So, yeah, man, I'm absolutely fine with that. Uh, I think the biggest thing when it comes to the offensive line, my biggest concern still lies on the sideline. That's with Tom Cable. If he's able to get done what he's supposed to get done, things will be fine. If he can't, well, then there'll be a problem. But you had some uh, good thoughts right there, Victor. Definitely appreciate that. A couple more calls in today's show. Mike from the Valley Joe. He's calling in for a few reasons, including A.B. and his fines, national media, Colton Miller, and more. Here's Mike calling out the Valley Joe. What up, Q? This is Mike from Valero. Just giving a quick call real quick. See the couple days want to talk about it. Uh, see the A.B. tweet about his fines, which whatever. I mean, the fines or whatever. But I want to ask, do you think that's the Raiders starting to make a paper trail for just in case anything goes wrong with A.B.? I mean, that's what I see. Uh, I hear a lot of the callers talk about the national media. It's like the national media is a joke, man. I just heard the locked-on uh, Broncos guy call Clive Wofford the tight end. Dude, they've been a tight end for like a whole season now, almost two years. It's like they don't know what they're talking about, so why even pay that much attention to it? The national media is just for entertainment. <clears throat> and I know most known unknown said Colton Miller threw up all kinds of stats and all that, but it's like, I mean, we watched the games. We watched them get blown up and allow running backs to get blown up in the backfield multiple times. It wasn't necessarily just his pass pro. His, his run blocking was garbage. Um, but, yeah, that I mean – I think he has the tools to improve, though. That's what I've seen last year. That's what I think he'll. I think he will be better. Um, that's all I got today. Y'all have a good day, man. Good stuff. I, I appreciate that, and I can absolutely see the team leaving a paper trail. I kind of mentioned that in segment number one. That's a. That's definitely what a smart front office should do. Mike Mayock is doing what he's supposed to be doing, and uh, I, I appreciate it. And I think John Gruden, it allows him to even be nicer to A.B. because, you know, Mike Mayock's being the tough guy, being the mean guy. He doesn't have to worry about him coming down on him. He can, he can actually just, just pull, draw up plays for him and tell him that he understands and rub his neck a little bit. You know what I mean? Just stroke that ego a little bit while Mike Mayock, you know, brings that tree down. It's a, it's a perfect good cop, bad cop in my situation. The national media, well, we all know they tend to be a joke. And Colton Miller. Uh, I love how you talked about him, and I'm hoping he's going to be a lot more improved. We will see. I, I believe he has the tools. He's a year older. He's stronger. You know, he, he's, he understands what he's getting himself into, we believe. So uh, we'll have to see. You know, Tom Cable, just like I told Victor and Callie, Tom Cable's still the guy that's, that's running that offensive line. So if there's any issues, it probably starts with him. But, you know, Most Known Unknown brought up some good points about Colton Miller and how he, you know, he did some good things early on, but then he wasn't very good later on in the season. So he's got to be able to put together a whole season Ultimately, everyone's still going to remember that the Raiders passed on Derwin James to get him, so he'll probably never, ever live up to the expectations of being the number 15 overall pick. But if he could hold it down and he could be that left tackle of the future for a long time, then who cares? You know, then it's fine. And if Jonathan Abram becomes that alpha dog at the back end of the defense, which I believe he can be, nobody's going to worry about Derwin James either. So that's a couple things that they got going for him. So thank you so much for that call, Mike from the Valley Joe. Appreciate that. Next call, Raider in and out calling out of L.A. He's calling in to talk about where the Raiders are now compared to where they were a year ago. Speaks on the fact that he listened to my throwback episode I had the other day of the September 1st uh, episode in 2018 when Khalil Mack, when I found out that Khalil Mack was traded that dark, dark day. And boy, that was a dark, dark episode, wasn't it? Anyway, he speaks on that and a little bit more. Here he is, Raider in and out calling out of L.A. Yo, what up, Q? 
It's Raider in and out, Colin from L.A., um, just watching the Hard Knocks right now, just kind of, you know, reminiscing on where we're at now to where we've come from uh, over this past year. Heard your uh, Khalil Mack podcast, uh, that little throwback that you put up, and, you know, just um, n- now that I'm thinking about it, John Gruden kind of just reminds me of that drunk uncle, you know, uh, when he started making those decisions last year, a lot of times it was kind of questionable, you know. Uh, we went in last year real excited, thinking, oh, this is going to be it. We got Chucky back, this and that. And there was as many times where I thought to myself, man, what the f*** did we get ourselves into? Um, but now looking at where the team's at, you know, they, uh, you know, the Raiders picked up Mike Glennon, and I feel like even though, yeah, Chucky, he's a drunk uncle, but a lot of times drunk uncles also have wisdom. They have something with them. The only thing is it's, he's just so raw that he needed something else, so we picked up his twin, Mike Glennon, you know, who he's cut from the same cloth, but he his approach is a little bit different, right? And I think them two complementing each other, having a solid draft, having, you know, picking up A.B. Uh, for that third and fifth round, you know, um, I, I really see just I mean, maybe it's just hard knocks, you know, like, maybe it's just a little bit of excitement that I'm feeling, and, you know, I'm just excited to get into this new year, but, you know, I have big expectations, uh, whether that means playoffs or not, you know, we're in the fifth division, so I can't really say that, but I'm really hoping that, you know, we do better in 4-12, and 12, right, so, you know, we'll see, hopefully, hopefully our drunk uncle and our, and our other uncle who comes with something, you know, they they get us somewhere. So, you know, just wanted to want to say that. So, until next time, take it easy, my friend. I think you meant Mike Mayock, not Mike Glennon. I I understand where you're coming from though. I, I was picking up what you were laying down and uh yeah, Mike Mayock is something I've been saying a while. He's a good balance with John Gruden. He's a guy that could challenge Gruden and still be respected while he does it. And it's funny you mentioned the uncle that might be drunk, but he still knows what he's talking about. The one thing I've I've come across and has always been true to me, or I feel like has always been true, is that the people that always tell the truth are drunks. Drunks always tell the truth, and the drunk guy always tells the truth and says what's on his mind. He tells you what he feels. He tells you what he believes, even though it may hurt people to hear it. And maybe he didn't mean to say it if he had been sober, but he's going to say it when it's true. So I can, I can, I like that analogy. You know, John Gruden being the drunk uncle and, and Mike Mayock kind of being the guy that balanced him out and say, hey, uh, okay, this is what we got to do and uh, do it this way and, and, you know, be the sober one. So uh, that's cool, man. I like how we're coming up with different, different little, uh, you know, analogies for these two guys. But uh, I, I do think that they work really well together. I think that's the bottom line. Final call of the show, final call of the day, 707-654-4693 comes from New York Nasty, calling in to respond to El Paso Raider, and he kind of co-signs his comments about Raider Nation being everywhere and shares his experience. Then he shares his thoughts on the final episode of Hard Knocks. Here he is, New York Nasty. What up, Q? What up, Raider Nation? This is New York Nasty. Hopefully I said that clear enough. Uh, last time I called in, as a new booty, uh, so my name was Fig Nasty, and he couldn't hear it. So you automatically coined me as New York Nasty because I'm from upstate New York, and I absolutely love the name. I'm going to start calling myself that every day at work, everywhere. That's my new name, New York Nasty. I'm calling for a few reasons. Um, I watched Hard Knocks last night, and I also listened to the podcast yesterday. We had some good calls uh, from Raider Rich and El Paso Raider specifically. I wanted to talk about that. He talked about, you know, Raider Nation being everywhere and, and the move to Las Vegas and whether it would be 
you know, different and stuff like that. I'll tell you what, I go to the Bills, Jets, and Giants. Whenever the Raiders come to town, I go to those games whenever I can. I've been to a bunch of them. They're, we take over every stadium. <laughs> I think everybody knows that. It's from a different different city, different town. The Raiders take over every stadium. Uh, they dominate the Meadowlands and the Jets when they play the Jets, I'll tell you that. That'll be fun this year when we go. And when you do go to those games, you know, Raider fans, man, we all love each other. We're all talking smack. We're all throwing bones. We're all, you know, having a good time. So one of the comments by one of those callers, I think, was, uh, you know, if you're a Raider fan, regardless of Oakland, Las Vegas, Los Angeles, Binghamton, New York, uh, Tax Central, Texas, wherever you're at, Georgia, you know, you're a Raider fan, and you love it, and you love what's going on right here with Gruden. Like I said, I watched Hard Knocks. Uh, it was interesting to see how they showed the cuts, um, you know, how people reacted to being cut and all that. Keith Smith, I think, half expected it, uh, you know, and then he's throwing out those tweets and all that stuff. Cabinda, he's kind of, you know, I didn't think he was making the team anyway, but, you know, it sucks to see him get caught. He, he looked like he genuinely wanted to be a Raider. I'm glad to see him get a call from Detroit. Hope he does well. Brandon Marshall. Brandon Marshall, it doesn't really surprise me uh, with his injury and everything. Um, you know, he took it really well in hard knocks. And, of course, they're trying to spin that stuff that way. You know, he's a class act. I always liked Marshall. But the, the reason I'm bringing all this up is, I love that the Raiders are doing this. Cut a, a veteran who's, you know, been in the Super Bowl. Cut a fullback who's starting everywhere he's gone. Show guys that, listen, that doesn't mean, I don't know if I can say, that doesn't mean anything. You know, this is Raider Nation. We freaking work for what we got. These rookies are grinding. And I think that's been the theme throughout the whole, you know, the whole series. So that's great. 100% right, man. Raider Nation is everywhere. It is absolutely worldwide. It is a nation. It is the only nation. All these other fan bases that call themselves blank, blank nation. It does not matter. It does not exist. I say it every day on my radio station on ESPN Central Texas. Anytime I hear that, oh, Baylor Nation doesn't exist. Temple Wildcat Nation doesn't exist. I don't care what team it is. I don't care if the coach is in the, in the, uh, in the studio with me, if a player is in the studio. That does not exist. There's no such thing as Steeler Nation. There's no such thing as Cowboy Nation. There's no such thing as... Baylor Nation, there's no such thing as anything Nation but Raider Nation. All of the other ones are just all, they're just jokes. They're just absolute jokes and they're bad ones. They're not even good jokes, they're bad jokes. But, you know, it is what it is. Everyone wants to claim they're a nation when really it's the Raider Nation and nobody else. And, uh, you know, your thoughts on Hard Knocks, you know, it's, it, you, you heard mine in segment number one. Very underwhelming for me. It was no big deal. I'm just happy that it's over. <laughs> so that's what it is. I appreciate you, New York Nasty Raider Raider in and out from L.A., Mike from the Valley, Joe, Victor in Cali, Raider 1G in the 530, Eric in the 707, NK Raider out of Connecticut, T3 Raider Facts, and Nico in North Jersey. Appreciate all those calls. That was a bunch of great stuff. Thank you, thank you. I could not thank you enough. Coming up on tomorrow's episode, oh, and thank you to Max Crosby. Duh, how can I forget that? Thank you, Mad Max Crosby, for giving me a few minutes of your time just to talk Raiders, talk about your, your football life, talk about your life. Talk about everything, man. Just go ahead and get a few minutes with Mad Max, the fourth-round rookie defensive end out of Eastern Michigan. He gave me some time. I definitely appreciate that. Shout him out on Twitter. Tell him that you appreciated the, the, the listen. If you did appreciate it, at 
Crosby Max on Twitter. You know him as Mad Max. I know him as Mad Max, and I'm excited to see what he can bring to the table starting Monday night versus the Denver Broncos. Coming up on tomorrow's episode, Friday's show, we're going to close the week out right. I'm very excited about this interview, and yes, I said this interview. Beth Moens, she will join me. Beth Moens, that's right. I'm going to talk to her tonight before the Green Bay Packer and the Bears game. I'll be talking to Beth Moens about what she learned about the team during the preseason while she was doing the uh, play-by-play for them. Obviously, she has a lot of insight on the Raiders. I talked to her last year before the season started. I will talk to her again. Very excited about her. She's a friend of mine. She's really good at what she does, and uh, she'll be on the podcast tomorrow. So uh, definitely excited about Beth Mowens. Very pumped up about Mad Max Crosby. And uh, hey, we're finishing another week, getting closer to the start of the regular season. So until then, Raider Nation, as always, appreciate the love. Be good, be safe, have fun, and as always, just win, baby.